big stories this week. Here's the first one. By electing an all-white leadership, the opposition Democratic Alliance might just have saved the ANC from defeat in next year's election. And more on the Easter break taxi wars as people try to get home to their loved ones by bus. All of that on this week's ScrollerCast, Scroller Africa's weekly podcast. I'm Jeremy Maggs in Johannesburg this week. And with me is political editor Zokili Majova, who's in Mount Freer in the Eastern Cape. And the geography is important, as you'll soon hear. And let's wade straight into it, Zokili, if we can. The reason why I mentioned geography, uh, let's start with your bus trip. And it's a follow-on from what we discussed last week about terror on the roads. Yes, Jeremy. Actually, it's a reflection of our history, you know, um, that... For a very long time in this country, since the discovery of gold and diamonds, there are certain uh, urban areas that have become the economic hubs of the country. The history of the economy of South Africa is built around these economic hubs. Even now, with young graduates graduating wherever, different provinces in the country, jobs for professionals still exist in Johannesburg, Cape Town, Port Elizabeth, Deben, those kinds of those kinds of areas. So being from Mount Frey, 800 kilometers away from Johannesburg, Johannesburg still is it and it has to be my professional home. And now I'm at home uh, having traveled overnight last night. I'm in the Eastern Cape. You know, we are we come from very religious families. Otherwise, my grandmother would never be able to go uh, for the Easter weekend and enjoy herself in church if all her children are not under one roof. So it's a time for people to come together. But for many South Africans this year, it's a particularly arduous trip because if you're traveling by bus, chances are you're going to get set upon by a taxi. Yeah, it's actually a very complex issue, Jeremy, very concerning. You know, for instance, I would have traveled later in the week, but looking at how busy it's going to be, and now there is this uh, ongoing fight with with uh, taxi taxi owners being jealous, really, of these long long distance luxury buses that are carrying people all over uh, across the nation. You know, this happened during during the COVID period. You know, and it got worse. So you can imagine after after the COVID, apparently people are losing their taxes. They cannot afford to pay for their taxes. You know, taxes are being taken over by the banks. Those are still just need to be paid. Uh, the repossession rate is around 38%. So Santaco and others are really, really under pressure to try and and, and make that business uh, economically viable. Obviously, it needs to it needs, they need to modernize it. It cannot be an industry of thuggery where everyone is intimidated. Anyone who tries to enter, they're intimidated and killed. They are hitmen. There's that culture of hitmen and all of that. Again, it's a violent thing. People are fighting over routes and all of that. So you choose to take the bus, intercape. You know, there is a background to this as long as, uh, I mean, as, as we discussed uh, last time, there is a, a high court order from Makado, you know, instructing the Minister of Transport to protect these buses. They are very important. Thousands, thousands, Jeremy, literally thousands, rely on these buses to get home. You know, and as I was telling you, that there is this culture among among Africans of we have to get home. Since our fathers were working in Jobek, our, grand, our grandfathers were working in Jobek, Easter has always been a family weekend. So I can imagine tonight, tomorrow night, you know, people just pushing 
by all means to get home just for this weekend. That's actually what increases road accidents, Jeremy, in South Africa. Everyone trying to get home at the same time. That's why I tried to leave a little bit earlier to try and be home safe and all of that, you know. And also returning to Joburg, if your employer can allow you to return at least two days later or so, it it, 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 it does make a difference between life and death. It's a very tricky situation, Jeremy. It's a very tricky and a very worrying situation. And as you say, you've got that double whammy, haven't you? Either uh, you're going to be attacked if you're on one of those intercape buses, or the chances are uh, it could be involved uh, in, in in a road accident, because we always know what the Easter Road death toll, death toll statistics look like. So for an ordinary passenger making their way home for this all-important weekend, what you're telling me is that they're taking their life into their hands one way or another. It's so unfortunate, Jeremy. I mean, really, it makes me really angry, you know, because these these buses, they make a world of difference, Jeremy. You can imagine me coming out of the office, having to drive to the Eastern Cape. It, it, it takes me 12 hours to get home. So driving is definitely out of the question. When you're tired, you're obviously going to cause an accident. These are reliable. These are reliable, you know. It's so unfortunate. Now, suddenly... This is now a life-threatening issue. The possibility of a road accident, you know, South Africa, you know that we have a countdown during Easter. It's so real. And now these taxes, and it's not just in, in a particular town, it's across uh, South Africa, you know, the bus that was attacked that we talked about last week was coming from the Eastern Cape, from the Western Cape. In some towns here in the Eastern Cape, these buses don't stop. You know, they stop in certain towns where it's safe and, and, and police stations have assured them that they can stop in this particular town. So let's say you are you are booking a bus from Lusugisigi. If you are from Lusugisigi, you have to travel to Mount Frey, which is my hometown, where it's safe to take a bus. If you are coming from Kumbu, you buy your ticket, but you still have to pay more money to come to Mount Frey to take the bus because... Umtata and Mount Frey, that's where you can take the bus where, where, where people feel safe and all of that. So it's such, a, a, and again, it's an extra cost mostly to people who can't afford Jeremy. It's just, I cannot explain to you how, how just bad, but it says a lot about the Department of Transport. I mean, when Figilem Balula, when this order from the court was issued, it was an enforcement, it was a court order forcing the Department of Transport to implement protection for these buses, and it is still not done. And when you talk to people on the bus, your fellow passengers, what do they tell you? Jeremy, this is not a, this is not a figment of one's imagination. There are real people who have been hurt in, in a bus. Taxi taxi owners shooting the bus from outside. If you remember our story, you so you can imagine how scared the passengers are. Everyone is scared. The minute the bus slows down, maybe there's a roadblock, a spot check as the as there should be. But you never know. Everyone suddenly people stand up to try and find out what is going on. There have been incidents of people. Uh, uh, sort of hijacking these buses, forcing the passengers to to take out the money and give it to them. We still have that unfortunate culture in South Africa, Jeremy, of people carrying cash with them, especially when they are going home. People draw 5,000 rand, etc. They've got something that they need to do. There are always traditional ceremonies when you get here. We are starting our own traditional ceremony in, in my family tomorrow, you know. So, and again, it's month end now. If you get to my town, you can't draw money from the banks. 
everyone is in town now. It's uh, pension payment, grants for children and all of that. You can't use an ATM in my town. Maybe you can try tonight, you know, but uh, during the day, forget it. Every village is in town. So that's the issue of why people are carrying cash, uh, uh, Jeremy. We need to move to becoming a cashless society so that it no longer makes sense to try and, and, and rob someone because you know that they are not carrying cash. But we are far from that, Jeremy. It, it's such an ugly side of South Africa, particularly at this time of the year when people, as you say, are being reunited with their families and the should for so many people be a time of celebration and not a time of fear. So, Zakili, all I can say is when you return to Johannesburg after the Easter break, I hope the trip back is a little less stressful because it sounds absolutely horrible. Let's uh, talk about the other big story this week. Uh, I said at the beginning of this podcast, uh, the election of an all-white leadership in the Democratic Alliance uh, might work to the benefit of the African National Congress. On the surface, that would seem to be absolutely correct and self-defeating. But the party turning around and saying, that doesn't matter because it's going to rely on what it says is its exemplary service delivery record. How do you read it? <laughs> a number of things here. A number of truths are not being told in the, in the DA Congress or we're not being told in the DA Congress. For instance, the DA, Jeremy, has lost over a million voters over 200 councillors, DA councillors, have lost jobs. Guys who used to have jobs, there are now 200 councillors less. That tells you the DA is on a decline. If you look at nationally, when you move from 22.3% to 20%, that is a lot. You know, 2%. There are parties, Jeremy, that are in parliament with less than 1% of the vote. So 2% is a lot. You know, so the DA has been on a decline. No one is talking about that. Well, the issue of good governance, they've got good governance in Cape Town, in parts of Cape Town uh, and the Western Cape in general. And this, unfortunately, has not really been flat, felt in, in black communities, you know. So you still have uh, when, 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 when the rains come in, people's homes get flooded in black communities and all of that. So there is that unfortunate situation. Then there's the worst case of Tswane where everyone who had known the DA difference, that so-called DA difference, you know, which is exactly what everyone needs. In my hometown of Manfred, the DA has grown in their branch here. They've grown by 400%. Here in Wabata, that tells you people want what they see in Cape Town. But that's what people wanted in Tswane, Jeremy. And did it happen? No. The DA has been in charge of Tswane since 2016. 10 billion rand unaccounted for. And this was not discussed at conference. You would assume for people who say that we are different from the ANC, this would have been a major issue, you know, um, uh, and it was not even discussed, you know. So so there's the, there are those realities. Now, coming to the issue of an all-white uh, or, or mostly white leadership. Look, Jeremy, the, the opposition in South Africa is... is sort of likely to be ahead of the ANC, probably get something like 55%. ANC might get 45%. It looks like the ANC is going to go below 50%, at least in provinces like KwaZulu-Natal and, and Gauteng. Obviously in Gauteng, last election, they got 50.09%. That tells you it's going to collapse in Gauteng. You know, 
Now, what is important here is to have an opposition that is going to lead the opposition coalition and unite the opposition coalition under a common goal, a, a, a goal that unites South Africans beyond race. I don't think now, Jeremy, you can build a party that's going to talk to middle class issues and it becomes a, it still remains a race party. For instance, middle class people work very hard to have their nice cars and all of that, to have those cars damaged in portholes. This time, even if you budget to go on holiday in South Africa, you have to think, what if our car, as we are traveling, hits a porthole, you know, and hits the rim, hits the tires and all of that? It's an unfortunate expense. You have not budgeted for that. You are just taking a short left and enjoying South Africa. You know, the economy is recovering. Things are good. You've got some 10,000 then to take your wife for a weekend away. And this unfortunate thing, it can never be acceptable, Jeremy, to have potholes on the road. Just as it is unacceptable to have to have uh, load shedding. At some point, they say, let's celebrate because we've got stage two load shedding. Nonsense. Why are we having load shedding? How much are we paying? Tax has gone up once again. You know, uh, uh, ESCOM just got a, a, another increase in the tariff, you know. But where is the service? You know, that's the frustration. So the DA needs to unite opposition around the issue of services, the issue of a common South Africa, a South Africa that is outlined in the Constitution. You don't hear middle-class people from all divides fighting about the constitution, saying this constitution is wrong, etc. You can tell that this is the document that we all agree upon. Build a middle, a, 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 an opposition party along those lines. You can't, Jeremy, in 2023, come out with a lily-white leadership and expect that this leadership is going to go and convince communities to vote for it. I mean... John Stenhazen, born in Deben, grew up in Deben, you know, went to local high schools, can't speak Zulu. You know, you don't understand. How can you live with black people for so long and you want to be a leader, you want to be in, in public service and, and, and you don't even uh, try to speak the language? You know, there's a guy who used to be in the, in the DA, Arthur Trollip, used to be leader of the DA here in the Eastern Cape. I'm telling you, Jeremy, if you if you haven't seen that guy, you just hear him speaking. He's he's a local Eastern Cape dude, you know. And I always say to people, you know, who tell me that, hey, uh, Eastern Cape people identify with this kind of white people and that kind, etc., etc. And I'm telling, you, listen here, we have a different experience. You know, we've met a lot of white folks in farms, in playing rugby and all of that. It's very, very difficult, Jeremy, to convince an Eastern Cape boy about racism. You know, so for uh, uh, John Stazen coming into my house, doing a door-to-door campaign, trying to convince me that race is a scary thing and all of that, I'm not really sure, Jeremy, this is going to win. South Africans are tired of, of racism. The worst part, Jeremy, is the youth vote. Now you're talking about people who want to see a winning nation. They don't have they don't have time for this nonsense. They don't understand how in 2023 we must be uh, understanding that we, we've got no power. It's a world class country. You look at the budget. You look at the at the kind of money that we are making. SARS is saying that they just collected over two trillion rand. Over two trillion rand, Jeremy, and you can't keep the lights on. No man, unacceptable. Zukile Majova in Mount Freer in the Eastern Cape. We are going to leave it there. 
that's this week's Scroller Cast. As always, thank you very much for listening. Uh, Toby Shapshak is our executive producer, and Hans Baumgarten is our sound engineer. If you liked the conversation this week, please rate us wherever you get your podcasts, and there is a lot more content every single day on scroller.africa. Mm-hmm.